Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Episode, 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 hello. Can you hear me all right? Yep. All right. 242 from, I'm exhausted, by the way. I Not a, not a relaxing weekend at all. No, why? But just, just tired. Well, the, the, first of all, the Saturday night Hockey Night in Canada thing, you know, I don't fall asleep till like three, four in the morning after those. And then just a long day yesterday with, with uh, the little guy. Literally on the go all day. But was there was there any news around the hockey world that stood out to you over the weekend? No. It, it, for me, it all comes down to the playoff race. It all comes down to the playoff race. And and what's what's just so exhausting. Oh my God, these players must be exhausted. The coaches, the management must be exhausted here in Buffalo because this team is a bloody yo-yo. And I've said this before. Um, one week, they're in a great situation. A week and a half later, they're completely out of the playoffs and we're saying that they're done. Then all of a sudden, three games later, they're back in striking distance. And then all of a sudden, a week later, they're completely they're completely done. The season is over. We're talking about next year. We're talking about draft picks. And then all of a sudden, they win, they win their next two games. And... Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Um, I don't. That being said, they're right there. They're right there. It's not over. You know, Pittsburgh Penguins right now have 82 points in 73 games. Buffalo Sabres have a game in hand right now and have 76. If they win that game, they will be four points behind. Four points. I know. Nine games to go. I know. I wrote them off. I've written them off two weeks in a row. it, 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 It has been a yo yo. So and, I appreciate them listening and getting motivation from it is, yeah. is all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, but, they're definitely listening to your gibberish. <laughs> uh, I do have some thoughts on the, on the New Jersey game because I was at it. Um, obviously, ha- obviously happy for Eric Comrie uh, coming back, getting a shutout against the Islanders. I think that's awesome and a massive game. Yep. He's um, back. He's our number one. We wrote him off. Yeah, um, we sent him, him to too. Never Never Land. And Everybody, now hey, he's our hey, number one. No, you know what? You know what? Listen, 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 listen. We have shit on the goaltending here. Uh, sometimes merited, sometimes not. But I will say this: there were a lot of people, and they're very quiet. They've been very quiet the last couple of days. Who, I believe, I've read, put Eric Comrie in a rocket and send him to the moon. I mean, I don't know, like, why we write that, but that was said. Um, and 
and he comes out and gets a shutout. I mean, I'm just I'm happy for the guy. I was happy for him. Yeah, be- because it shuts us up for now. And Do you think he has another game. level to his game? Like, I mean, you know, you got you have to realize, like he he was in he was in um, Winnipeg for for a number of years. He was a backup to one of the best goaltenders in the game, Hellebuck. And now he's getting his opportunity. He comes here to Buffalo, started off really well, and then ended up getting hurt. He's been hurt for you know a, a good portion of the season. He's been in an unorthodox. Uh, environment in the sense that how many teams, when's the last time you've heard of an NHL hockey team rotating three goaltenders? When's the last time you've heard that? I was on one. We did talk about that. But I don't know. What what time was that? This was what? 15 plus years ago? This was 2000. 20 years ago? We're talking almost 20 years ago. That's hard to believe. It's almost 20 years ago. Jesus. Yeah, you were telling me how old I look with the uh, silver starting to come in on both sides of the. Oh man, I love it. Both sides of the chin, and now you're talking about 18, 20 years ago when I played with three goalies, and it feels like yesterday. It's nice to see meaningful games in in late March. I mean, I did. I wrote them off. I wrote them off last week, and I do. I don't think they're going to make it. But my God, I just love how interesting they're making it. We were talking about Comrie. He ends up getting a shutout. The question is, I, I, I sit here and I look at the Sabres and we all do this. Every single person, every single Sabres fan, they go on, they check their phones on the way to work, at work. Whenever you have a minute, you're checking the standings. This is what you do at this time of year. Sabres have 76 points in 72 games. They're six points out of a playoff spot. They have a game in hand and two games in hand on the two teams. And I I think to myself, where would this team be right now if they had a number one goaltender? Same team, same players on the offense, same guys that are that you know Cage Thompson right now who who has 89 points and 44 goals or, the same team or, that has a Jeff Skinner well, where would they hold be on hold they, on well 31 goals and 70 points and Alex Tuck has 32 32 goals and 68 points and you you look at Rasmus Dahlins having an incredible year and Dylan Cousins got 28 well, how goals much are you asking, gonna, how much are you asking a goalie to do but in a way, you're contradicting yourself because you sat here for years and, you know, everyone shat on Leonard and they shat on Allmark and everybody else. And then it was, well, then they go to a good team defensively and look at now they're, yeah. you know, so maybe, yes. maybe Lukanen's better than we think. Maybe Craig Anderson, as fucking good as he's been at 41 years old, is even mm-hmm. better than we think. And the same goes for Comrie. So so maybe where would this team be if they actually played well defensively all season long? So just let me ask you this question. So like take those eight, take that eight game losing. What's their record in the last 10? Two, seven, and one? In fact, I was talking to one of our biggest it's fans. Not, it, it's oh, three, five, and two. Three, five, and two. So and that's hang- with two, that's with two wins, their last two games. Hey, okay, exactly. So so hang on to that that thought. Okay. That eight-game losing streak, give okay. them three wins and a loss in a shootout. There's seven points. In this little shit streak here, mm-hmm. 
give them two more wins. That's 11 points. Are we talking now? Take a look at the standings. Are we talking about a division now? Uh, a spot in the division with the way Tampa's been playing? Uh, Tampa Bay has 90 points. Okay. And they, and they, they're on a four game losing streak. Absolutely. They have 90 points. The, the Sabres have, and what did I just say? 11 points. So I said, do the math. So, you you're, give, uh, so they would be at 87 points. Okay. That's what, that's with two games in my, hand. I understand that, but this is my point. So my no, point this is, is my this point. Beat. How much are you asking a goalie to do? I'm asking him to get fucking uh, the the five more wins that you just named right now. Thank you. You just well, literally made my point. Thank yeah, you here, for making my point. We talked about 11 points. Where are we going to pick those up? We're going to pick up, you know, three wins in the, that eight-game losing streak. Okay. We're going to pick up two wins in the last month of March. Okay. Just two more wins. That's it. You're going to finish off that games. win against. You're going to finish off that point against Washington when you're up four two in the third. That's right. That's right. That's right. And let me tell you something. Do you think Uka Pekalukinen could have made that save with? And I still have it in my mind. Oh, maybe the guy's not so fucking wide open in the slot. Kunetsov, Kunetsov making that shot from the slot. Yep. It's 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 not a good it's not a good shot to to allow. Where's the save? Where's the save? And I and Ukapekalukinen at times have has played very well. Okay. And at times he's made errors. Uh, we talked game. about we actually and, talked about this in the on the player cast the other night when we were talking Vegas and uh Edmonton and the goaltending. There were some saves in that game where that resulted in yes. the win. Yeah. Yep. In a very tight, high paced, two great teams going toe to toe. Mm-hmm. And it came down to a couple key saves, and that's the difference maker against yes. the team with Connor McDavid. Yes, thank you. My whole point is this: I'm just my whole point is this. I look at I look at the goals against average. Okay, for for these goaltenders, Craig Anderson is a three point zero seven. Ukapekalukinen is a three point six three. Eric Comrie is a 3.72. Two goaltenders out of the three are under save percentage, under the 900. If you are under 900 in the NHL, that is a major problem. Okay? I'm only asking the question, if the Sabres had a goaltender that was a clear-cut number one goaltender. Do you think that we could have picked up somewhere in the season five more games? Okay, but here and the answer is, is yes. Fine, but here's my question: You started the season with this goaltending tandem duo. Okay, fine, but you had them all here. They were all in the system. You traded for Comrie. Now you brought up uh, Lukanen and. You know, and it created a bit of a log jam here. Fine, whatever. It wasn't, it probably wasn't ever mapped out this way, but it's how it ended up. But you weren't going and giving up assets to go and try and, and, and screw around with your salary cap midway through a year where you're about to be in, in, you're in one of the greatest salary cap situations, but also don't know how much money you're going to spend and go and get a number one goalie. So adjust your style of play to that. 
a, a force your team to understand. No, no, no. That. Hold on. Can I can I add something to that? Was where the fuck are you going to get a a number one a a number one goalie in the middle of a season who's been traded? You're you're looking. I can name at you me two with, guys right now. I can name you me. two let me, guys. Let me hear them. Demko. Demko. Yes or no? Is he is he's he been, a tradable he's commodity? Yes, he is a tradable commodity. Yeah, but that deal isn't as easy as you make it seem in the middle of a season. He dealt with an injury at one point. He like there's like just there's been a, who knows what Van I haven't followed Vancouver enough to know if their goaltending situation is kind of like what are we going to do if we don't have a goalie. His so, name was on the trade market. His name was out there. Vancouver Canucks are clearly going in a okay, different give me direction. One. Give me the other one because Gibson, like, Anaheim. He's not coming here. What do you mean he's not coming here? Why wouldn't he come here? Anaheim is very, very clear going in a different direction. They are changing. They, they're they not worried about winning. They're just worried about allowing When are you looking to make players. these deals, Craig? Were you looking to make them after the now, start of the season? Like at the deadline? I'm asking a simple question. We're talking about John Gibson. His name has been on the market on the trade market, okay? The Sabres desperately need a number one goaltender, okay? John Gibson is 29 years old. He's in his prime on a team that is in a rebuild. So they want to try and gain assets, okay? John Gibson wants to go to a team that has a chance to to move forward and and and, and be competitive. I think the Sabres have a lot of very, very, very good pieces. Now they need to solidify themselves in certain areas. Like John Gibson makes $6.4 million a year. That's not nine and a half million dollars. Okay. John Gibson's not stealing games out there in Anaheim either. You know, he's got a three nine three and a and a nine hundred save percentage. And if you're gonna say the team shit in front of him, well, I know the Sabres are better in the standings, but at the same Petey, time, go and they... look at the goals against. Go and look at the goals against from Anaheim. They are by far one of the worst teams in the league defensively. Like, I mean, staggering bad. And John Gibson has to stand in front of those guys. Like, we're talking about how bad the Sabres are defensively at 267 goals against. 267 goals against. Anaheim has 297 goals against. They are by if you would, far if you the told worst me at the start of the year, the Craig, that they were going to get Gibson or Demko, I would have been on board. I would have been on board, but not midway through the year. It's not happening. I mean, it's just because teams have you by the by the sack when they know that you're in a playoff run. I mean, they're going to want I guess more. They're, so it's like you're not going to go and overpay. Okay, you just can't do it. You can't I agree, do but it. I. I'll just ask you this question. So just uh, play better to, in front of what you have. And like, okay. Just let me ask you this question. Do you believe that a number one goaltender, whoever that is, could get you five more wins a year? No. To this qu- point. No question. Okay. So five more wins. But I also think the goal the Buffalo Sabres could get you five more wins. And I also think that the 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 players in front of the front of you buckling down a little more, as Lindy Ruff would say, we need you to buckle down. 
Like we're talking about a team that has scored a staggering amount of goals. Like the Buffalo Sabres right now are fourth in, in the NHL fourth, or actually I should say tied for third, but play, but they've played a game less than LA. So the Sabres are going to be the, have scored the third most goals in the national hockey league. That is incredible. Number one, it's incredible for the fan base because no, everybody wants to see goals. Everybody wants to see Tage Thompson, cousin Skinner, tuck all the boys just absolutely ripping it up and scoring goals. That's, that's fun. But what's even more fun is winning hockey games. And I'm, it's clear that the Sabres, the youngest team in the league right now, who have a lot of very young players, a lot of first-year players in this lineup, are are making mistakes. They're making a lot of mistakes. And it's costing them games. But a three-goalie tandem with no number one is a problem. And I think a goaltender, a number one goaltender, I'm not talking about Devin Levi. I don't even want to talk about Devin Levi because he's not going to be a number one goaltender in the NHL for three years, minimum. I don't care how good this kid is. I don't care how everybody's telling you, oh my God. No, he is going to take time to develop just like every other player, just like every other goaltender in this league. And he's going to need time. Uh. I'll take Demko, but here's what has to happen. Somehow in that deal from Vancouver, you have to get mandatory, and I'll even stack the deal a little bit more if I have to, but that Dakota Joshua. Tough, tough as nails. Tough as nails, and he can play. Okay, where where does he play in the lineup? 26-year-old guy making fourth line. Fourth line guy? Yep. Fourth line. Absolutely. Okay. What's his what's his greatest asset? Physicality. Physicality, speed. Right? We've any, watched him play pl- a few times on that player cast. He's 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 good, man. He's got eleven goals this year, seventy games. Yep. He's he's a good he's exactly what this team needs. Well, he, what he is, is he is he is a younger replacement for a guy like Zemgus Gergensen, who it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Zemgus Gergensen next year. He's an unrestricted free agent. The three-year contract is now done. He's been here since he was 18 years old. Um, and, and you're going to find out, you know, are they going to go in a di- different direction? Do they want to go in a different direction? Do they need something I think he needs different? It. I think he needs it. I think this guy's aged himself playing on this team for this long. Well, I think I feel bad for him. I think Gergensen on on a veteran hockey team. Oh my lord! I think I, feel bad I think he would him. be a monster. But on this team, I think they need something fresh. On you know where the he would line. be unbelievable. They need something different. They need him in Edmonton. That's a guy they need in Edmonton. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like they need him and he would be, and I know I think is I think his wife is from Pittsburgh. I think he spends his summer from Pittsburgh. Uh, he would be a great, he fits the Penguins mold to a T. Yep. 
right? I think he lives there in the summer. Boston Bruins. Any fucking team. I think it's going to kickstart him, too. You know what's amazing? Look at the teams we just mentioned that he'd be an unbelievable fit on, but we're going to let him go. We're going to let him go because because people are just... People it's just, not about him, though. It's not about him and what he does. Um, I like the way he plays. He's been, um, you know, a really good penalty killer for the team. I think I could see Bottrell bringing him in in Seattle. There's a lot of teams that I think are going to really like Zemgus Gergensen. I think for me, he has been here a really, really long time. He's been in an environment where. It's been a shit sandwich for most of his NHL career. And this year, he's starting to see the light. He's starting to understand that there's a much different uh, team moving forward. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Being said, you know, he's played 615 games for the Sabres. He's played, I don't even know how many years. He's got to be coming up on 10 years. nine, nine, ten 10 years. And... I just think sometimes when you have a change, even though you want to stay, I think a change is really, really good for for players. Nine years in the, the NHL, one year in the American years. League, ten years pro. Yeah, and he's had a nice he's had a nice career, and I think there's going to be a lot of teams that would love nothing more to get their hands on Zemgus Gergensen. and I I think. I think as as an individual, I think he should be moving. I think he should want something different. It could absolutely spark his career and his desire to come to and the I, And I hurt for him for that because this organization is about to turn. Yes. Yeah, and this guy I, is I, I ridden agree. through the shit. Oh. From the yellow jerseys Big shit to Andrew, the man. fucking, to the Jack Eichel saga, man. This guy has been through nothing but misery. In the in his time here, hard questions, shitty year end meetings, zero fucking hope at the start of a season. Yeah, a tank season, a blatant tank season. This guy, I feel bad for him, like a wasted fucking nine years of his career. Because uh, he I wouldn't say wa- no, I can't no, no, say no, wasted. No, wasted talent because he could have been a valuable piece when you watch these teams like Tampa Bay that win multiple cups over the years and all these other teams that have been successful. And every team has a guy like Zemgus Gergensen's, if not three or four. Yeah. And here he is riding it out in Buffalo over the, over the time that the team has struggled. Yeah. And now he has to go and find a place to fit at the toward the end of his career. The fact yeah. that he survived. Listen, that, I mean, he's still. The fact that I think he still has a lot of game The fact that he survived that, Craig, and ridden it out, re-signed that contract. I give him a shit ton of credit, man. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, so do I. I've always. I have been, a lot uh, of respect for Zemgus Gergensen's, and I always will. From the time he came in this league to the time that he leaves this team, if it, if he does leave. Yeah. 
you know, he's, he's still, he's still relatively young and he still has a lot to offer in the league. Um, you know, at the age of 29, he just turned 29. And I, I, I have a lot of mixed emotions because as on a personal side for Zemgus, the best thing for him to do would be to go to another team yeah, and, and experience something that he hasn't experienced before. And that's winning. Yeah. That's playoff yeah. hockey. Right. Well, we talked about that with Eichel the other night on the player cast. I mean, that's a guy that we look forward to watching in the playoffs. Zemgus is the Ooh. same kind of guy. How how impressed were you with Jack Eichel's game playing against Edmonton the other night? It doesn't. How even, impressed you know, were you with his game? He was. He was a. Not, that's not the Jack Eichel that we saw. Who did he set up on that goal? He back checked, stripped the puck, absolutely flies insane. down the wing. Like that's a sulky trophy type tr- uh, shift, right? Well, there. he ended up with what? He 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 scored a goal, first goal of the he game. Had two assists. The first goal, the the first assist was to Jonathan Marchezo, and his back check, his back check. I uh, I mean my my jaw dropped. My jaw dropped when I was doing when we were doing the player cast that night, and we were we were doing Edmonton and and, and Vancouver. You know what I was watching, or uh, Edmonton, <laughs> and Edmonton and Vegas. Um, you know what I was watching, just personally on a on a, not that I was going to sit there and shred Jack Eichel and blah 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 because I I absolutely didn't because I think he's a hell of a hockey player. But you know what I was looking for as I was watching the game. One thing, body language. Bam. Why? Why'd you say that? Well, because for years we saw he frustrated Jack here. And he showed it. He wore his heart on his sleeve. Through his body language, which is toxic. It's toxic not only for him. It's toxic for the players that he plays with because they feel his toxic body language. Okay? And I watched him the entire night. Every single time the camera was on him, I was looking for an eye roll, uh, you know, a side head tilt, looking up into the rafters. I was looking for frustration. I was looking. He was dialed in. He was, you can just see, you know, you can just see the maturity in Jack Eichel. You know, what we, what I have in my mind of Jack Eichel was a very young Jack Eichel in a very, very bad environment here in Sabres, Saberland. And we shit on him because we didn't like his body language. But I understood him because I'd be frustrated too with the shit sandwich that they were serving up here in Buffalo and, and the management. And now he's in some place different and we don't, never talk about him again. And no one cares about Jack Eichel. But it was nice to watch Jack Eichel play the game at a high level in a very, very, one of the best games I've watched all year. Uh, the speed, the transition, everything in that game was awesome. Second place to that Rangers-Calgary game that took place a little while ago. That was absolutely yeah, right. unbelievable. But yes, that was it was it was a phenomenal game. All the stars were on display, even McDavid, even though he didn't end up on the score sheet goal wise, but he made that play to Dreisaitl on the power play, which was 
Yeah, I mean, those, uh, you know, those back, two guys uh, are just sauce, stupid watching. Drysaddle's backhand to the side of the net, and Drysaddle just turns and f- rifles it in. It's it, it, they're fun to watch. Um, but we were talking about Gergensen's, and and I, you know, we don't. I don't want to necessarily drag that conversation on too much. But I mean, I could see him. That's just the part that sucks is that I could see you know as this franchise starts to turn, he's gonna he's gonna end up going to a team that you want this team to to turn into in the next couple of years, right? So. Yeah, um, Tampa Bay, Carolina, any team in the East, New York Rangers, there isn't a team that couldn't use him. And it's what's amazing is that so many people here shit on him, and they just you know they're like, I'm good, I'm good. I just oh, I well, do they shit on him? Yeah, do he's shit on him. He's, yeah, he's taking some. He's taking some. But for what? For what reason? I don't know. Yeah, you do. Lack of point production. Is that no? I don't, I don't have an issue like, with his point production. I don't I'm think guessing, it's a lot of I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's not something that I all the stuff that I read on Zemgus Gergensen is that he's basically a fourth line guy. He's an energy guy. He kills penalties. He's physical. But when push comes to shove, he's not in he's not in it. Well, that was on the outside. He's not in it. Okay. You got Kyla Poso well, who is engaging. You know, are we going to the Darlene ass check here? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Yeah, let's go. Because he the was first it, guy it, there. He was in it. Yep. He's always in it. It's Kyle Poso. Kyle Poso was like literally a a star, a goal scorer, a point producer for many years, power play specialist. Now he's changing his game because he understands what the team needs. He plays an unbelievable brand of hockey. Okay. Is he as fast as what he used to be? Hell no but he's super insanely intelligent and he knows how to play. And listen, Zemus Gergensen got, got crushed a couple games ago. First guy in there, first guy in there, Kyle Pozo. And they need more of that. They do need more of that. And that's part of Zemus Gergensen's game, but it's not part of his games. Therefore, that's why I'm saying, I think it's time for the organization to go in a different direction. With that type of player, I think Gergensen on another team is going to be able to do exactly what he's doing right now for 82 games, and he is going to be highly useful on that team. On the Sabres, the Sabres need more sandpaper. They need Zemgus Gergensen, but a guy that will drop the gloves at a drop of a hat if someone even thinks about going after a guy like Darlene or Power or Cousins or that's what they need. I don't understand. I hope I'm, watching, get it. I'm watching this right now. I was standing up in the corner. Nothing happened. There's one, two, three, four sticks on the ice. And it's funny. All the fans there, they wanted more. They recognize this. They're like, ah, game's changed. It's just not the same. Like, wh- what do you want to have happen here? I don't understand. Like, do you want Gergensen's to fight Meyer? That's who he's talking to. I mean, Darlene absolutely destroyed Heesher. And I'm just wondering, is is this hit okay? Like, this is an ass to the face. Like, that's that's the same as a goddamn headshot. Now, I love the hit. I love the idea of the hit. I think it's absolutely stupid as hell that Jesper Brack goes and grabs Darlene and throws him over top of Heischer, who a- appeared to be looking there unconscious for a second. Like, that's the dumbest thing. So every time, how many times have we seen lately, like where a goalie has to go and like cover up the guy who's out cold on the ice so that everyone can 
you know, step on him. <laughs> like, guys, fucking Bernie Lomax on the ice. <laughs> you probably don't know that from weekend at Bernie's, the dead guy that they carry around so they can have a yeah, good yeah, time. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got your player of Bernie Lomax out on the ice, and and you got guys like trampling all over him. It's, it's just not even that. It's not you know you're the you brought up that one incident, and 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 um, listen, it's not all about it's not all about fighting. That's the whole point of of this whole thing that we talk about a lot. It's not just about fighting, but it's also allowing other players on the other team that know that you will drop the gloves, which is basically a major, major part of the game right now is <laughs> yeah. even knowing a guy will drop the gloves will deter a lot of um, <laughs> physicality. That was a great win against Jersey. Yeah, it was. It, so. I mean, uh, Lindy rough, the emotion, coming from them and uh the, we're talking new jersey's played as, as they they've been one of the top teams all year they have found their game in a big way um it, they're third in the league can you believe that they have 100 points right now 46 wins 100 points they still have they still have 9 games to play like this is a team and 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 here's the other thing Here's the other thing that I, I was listening to. Um, I think it was Paul Hamilton talking about New Jersey Devils. New Jersey Devils are the fourth youngest team in the league. We're talking about all the mistakes made by the Sabres because of their youth. But why, why isn't New Jersey Devils making the same defensive mistakes? I'll tell you why. I'm going to tell you why right now, and this is not an indictment. On... Do you know where they are for goals stop, against in the league? Stop. This is not an indictment on Don Granado. But Lindy Ruff is an expert at this. Expert. Don Granado is not at Lindy's level yet when it comes to... What does that mean? I don't what know. What does that mean? I'm not getting his players to clearly buy into the defensive play or play the style of defensive play that is is uh, required to win. I played for Lindy, and you did too. I know that you didn't. You, you had a playoff year under Lindy, and you guys won a division under Lindy. You know yes. exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly. Don't fucking what, smirk at me. About. Like, try to I know exactly up. what you're trying to say. Don't, don't get all angry with me. I know saying. exactly what you're trying to say. I just don't want to say it for you. I said it. Make your point. Saying, well, Lindy's Lindy's a veteran coach, and Lindy has obviously found a way to also. Lindy's going to kick connect. the shit out of anybody who doesn't play his system. He's right. going to sit him. He's going to send him down. He's going to call him into his office, and he's going to tell him straight out. You don't play my system. You can fucking sit in the stands. He's going to discuss with him on during the video in front of the team. Discuss with and him. And he's, he's going to say. Is that say, what he's going to do? He's just well, going to discuss it with him? Well. No. Lindy Ruff is going to tear you fucking apart. Not he's anymore, not worried maybe. about your feelings. He's not worried about your feelings. Not worried about hurting your feelings. He's going to tell you straight out, this is the way I want you to play. And if you don't play it, you're going to be in big trouble. I remember he said something. Uh, after a game in Carolina, 
was it after a game or before a game? We had a meeting or something. I can't remember. I think it was after a game. And it was the 07-08 season. So I have to go look at the calendar and look at um, when about it was in the season. But this is exactly what he said. Because we had we had Vanek sign that massive contract that summer. We had Roy sign a six-year deal. Uh, I think Miller had a new contract. Gostad had a new contract. Pominville had a new contract. Van or uh, uh, had a new contract, and they were all for millions. Okay, and Lindy comes in and he says, "I'm," or no, 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 no. He did not say I. He said, "Some guys on this team." have become multi-fucking millionaires by playing the system I'm telling you to play and now you won't play it. He brought up money and guys were fucking pissed. Guys were absolutely pissed. Like I remember guys in the back of the bus were like, did he really just bring up fucking guys making money? And how he's basically responsible for this guy making five million bucks a year. Was he? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Now, when they were talking in the back of the bus, did you ever think to yourself, God, is Lindy a genius? Because he knew the buttons to press to irritate ruffle feathers of young men. They go to the back of the bus and now they're all flustered. They're all angry. They're all asking, you know, this is freaking bullshit that he would bring up money. But how many of those guys actually sat there and thought about what Lindy said? Thought about, you know, you, hey, now that I think about it, I was playing defensive yeah, hockey that's and fine. not worried that's about That's fine. Offense. Whether he was responsible for it or not is one thing, but you don't have to bring it up. Why? That's the whole point. No. Is the guys in the back of the bus? No. He could have said we've he could have said we've had tremendous team success in the past and players have had individual success by doing this and not that doing have, that. Would that have struck a chord? No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. That's the whole point. Well, whether it motivates you or not, fine, but you don't you don't have to bring that up. And the, the and players were players were a guy. I remember guys. I mean, I didn't give a shit. I'm like, fuck, uh, like not really, Lindy. I'm making the same as I was last year, and I signed a new deal. <laughs> so, don't give me that shit. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, that's all I remember. That I'm just telling you a story. Fuck, we don't have to analyze it. <laughs> like, I was just. I just remember that happening. And I don't think he's like that anymore. I, I don't. I mean, I look at Lindy and I I think being an, an assistant coach for the New York Rangers might have been one of the single greatest experiences and things to have happened to him. And I think that's why he's having success in New Jersey because he can bring his brilliance with X's and O's and defensive-minded play and all of those things. So Thomas Vanek played for how many teams? I think eight. Ten? Seven. One team he played for twice. I think Detroit maybe twice. 
Why? What's your point? My point is, and we were in the room for, for three years and I listened just like everyone else on the team. I listened to how hard Lindy Ruff was on Thomas Vanek. It was just next level. Derek Roy, absolutely next level. How hard he was on the very best players on the team. Okay. Other players on the team were making mistakes, but he used Thomas Vanek and Derek Roy every single solitary day and all the mistakes that they made. Oh, Max was And in I there ask, too. hold on. I ask Thomas Vanek. We've asked him on the pod. Who's your favorite coach? Is undeniable. He says, Lindy Ruff immediately. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, man. I watched you get abused by this guy for three years that I was here. And, and he was here a lot longer than that. Thomas Vanek, now that he's done his career, now looking back on his career, absolutely loves and adores Lindy Ruff. He is by far the best coach Thomas Vanek has ever had. And you ask him why. It's because as I was going through it, it was very difficult, but I knew Lindy cared. Okay. And now that Thomas Vanek is done looking back on Lindy Ruff, he can't believe how great of a coach Lindy Ruff is, how hard he is on his players. That's what I find amazing. Do you think Don Granado's hard on his players? I can't say. Okay. I don't know. I can't say either. So I, I wouldn't want to know. And I'm sorry if I asked. I'm sorry if I asked that question. It sounded like I was trying to make it sound a certain way. I was I was asking you legitimately because I don't know. All I can tell you is that the defensive style of play that this team has demonstrated all season long yeah. is becoming something that they need to address, right? And it's something either, that they need so, to work on. So the next move is it's either you got to do per, some personnel changes on the bench for the players with players, sorry. Ship some guys out, bring some guys in, players that your scouts have been scouting, guys that you think you need. Yeah. You know, kind of like other teams have with players like Zemgus Gergensons on our team. Um, I say our team because we're here in Buffalo. But and if not that, that's year two of Don Granado's extension, or does he have another year after this? I don't know. So then you have to then you have to take a look at what's being taught to the players. And I would imagine doesn't Kevin have? Wouldn't Kevin Adams have a hand in that directly I can't imagine Kevin Adams who's the general manager of the team and won a Stanley Cup with Rod Brindamore who happens to have the best team in the in the east second best team in the east that he's not dropping some knowledge on Donnie no am I am I wrong with that a very defensively minded hockey player I think I really do believe I I'm I'm just going to tell you this right now I do believe that Kevin Adams, Don Granato, they have a vision. They have something that they're striving for right now. I look at Don Don Granato, and when you go back and look at his history of coaching, it is absolutely insane. Okay. Coaching or developing? Coaching. 
coaching, coaching, coaching. He's coached in the USHL, USHL, the best junior league in the United States for a number of years. He's coached in the East Coast Hockey League, which is under the American Hockey League. He's been a head coach of an American American Hockey League. He has been an assistant coach in the in the NHL. He's been uh, a head coach for the National Development Program. He has been a associate coach for the University of Wisconsin. He's been an assistant coach for Chicago, St. Louis. He's been an assistant coach for the St. Louis for the Buffalo Sabres. He has coached in every league, every league. Okay. Okay. So he understands the players. Now hold on. Gums here. He 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 gets hired under uh, Ralph Kruger. Ralph Kruger, one of the greatest speaking coaches I've ever seen in my entire life. But the decisions that he made were absolutely incredible to me. But let's not talk about Ralph Kruger. Let's talk about Don Granato. When he took over in 2021, a team that was, I have never in all my years, ever all my years, been a part of hockey. I've never seen a team that wounded, that wounded. And what I watched from those players moving forward immediately once Don Granato took over, I saw, I saw light. I saw Darlene, Yoki Haru, Middlestat. You can just go on. Cage Thompson. It was like over. All these players started to gain confidence slowly, and it's the way that Don Granato spoke behind the scenes to help these guys gain their confidence back. Were they going to make mistakes? Friggin' rights. They were going to make mistakes, but watching Don Granato move forward in his, in his time last year, you're talking about a team that started to make the strides started to, you started to see the light. Then this year, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, I still find this, I, I truly believe that I, I think that this is a, a successful year. Next year is going to be the year that this team, their thought and their mindset has to be make the playoffs. They're going to have enough skill, talent. They're going to be uh, a year older, a year more mature physically and mentally, emotionally. They're going to, a lot of the rookies like, um, you know, uh, Owen Power and 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 JJ Paterka and and Jack Quinn. Those guys are not in awe of walking can't, into buildings anymore. They're going to be tonight. much better. Can't lose tonight against Montreal. Sorry, but you can't. Remember the so you know what someone said the other day. Um, they actually messaged the show and they they and I'll always reference when someone agrees with me, but. I mentioned last year about playing 20 games at the end of the year that meant nothing and having no pressure. And the team has a great stretch and all the players are playing great. Now it's the reverse. Now it's 20 games and the games mean something. And how are we doing? Same goaltending goaltending situation. Same uh, players pretty much. Players having me, it's like I would expect, like I would expect. I would have hoped back a month ago, I would hope when we were in the playoff race that we had enough to go and 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 you know overcome an Islanders team, a veteran Islanders team that went out and picked up, you know, um, 
the biggest unrestricted free agent of the year in Bo Horvat. And they went and picked up Onval uh, from from Toronto. Um, they they went and got they went and did things because they're making a push. So I was worried about them. I was also worried about the Pittsburgh Penguins that are absolutely loaded with guys that have won Stanley Cups in the past. They are, you know, you can talk about Crosby and Malkin and, and Latang, but they're loaded with, you know, with players, Zucker, Rust, Getzel. I mean, there's so many really good hockey players on that team that I was worried about Pittsburgh. I'm also worried about the uh, defending um, president trophy in, in Florida Panthers. I'm worried about the Washington Capitals. So when I look at the Sabres, w- w- did I think they were going to make the playoffs? I was very unsure because the Sabres are a v- the youngest team in the league. They're exciting to watch. They're frustrating as hell because they're like a yo-yo. They're beating the best teams in the league and losing to the worst. But I expect that from this team. That's what I expect. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm letting them off the hook, but I also see something insanely good with this core group and Kevin Adams, Don Granado will figure out the next moves. They have to make moves next year. The next move. Okay. Well, you're jumping there. I'm just saying the next move is got to win tonight against Montreal because Florida plays Ottawa. That could that could single-handedly put a nail, if not already, in Ottawa's season. Okay. Um you have the Devils and Islanders. You really need the Devils to win that game. Okay, because you're not even chasing the Islanders, but still you're chasing the Islanders. What do you I mean, mean you're not? What do you well, mean yeah, you're you not are, chasing you, the Islanders? You are. They lose tonight. Oh my you lord. Win. You lose. To, they lose tonight, and you win. Now you're at seventy-eight, and they're at eighty-three, and you got two games in hand. Yeah, like that. So yes, so I I retract that statement. And then uh, that's it for Eastern matchups: Seattle, Minnesota. But everyone's in a playoff race. I mean, Colorado. They need the win against Anaheim with what's going on in the West. Edmonton. They need the win. It's they lost crazy. that. They lost that game the other night. I mean, they need the win. I said a week and a half ago they were out, and now they're back in. Talking the Sabres. Two weeks before that, they were in. Then they were out three games later. They are not out. They are absolutely not out. Go and take advantage of this Montreal team that has struggled and make sure that you that you pick up those two points okay but Montreal's the same team they're 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 a yo-yo themselves they're beating Tampa Bay a couple nights ago 3 to 2 they're beating um uh the Columbus Blue Jackets yeah who beat the Sabres well, they, they beat them 8 2 yeah no, uh, it's it's uh it's it's the most winnable important game that they have. Yes, <laughs> you know, like when you look at their schedule, uh, Philadelphia's. Uh, sorry, this is Montreal's uh, schedule, but um, uh, Montreal, and then they have the Rangers. They have a few days in between until they have the Rangers. So they play Montreal yeah. tonight at home, and then they have the Rangers Friday night. 
So you remember we did a podcast last week and this was after uh Nashville spanked Buffalo, just spanked them at home. It was embarrassing. The morale in this city is at an all time. Well, it was back to back shit kickings, 14 goals in two games. Well, actually they lost to Washington, Philly, five, <laughs> two Boston, seven, nothing Nashville, seven, three. And you're going to sit there and yes. say that that the season wasn't over with the way they were playing. It, it was, they, they, they played five games and they had 27 goals against and they scored 13. And it was just like, that is the worst totals ever. So, and then I remember you looking and you're like, Riffs, season's completely over. Look at who they play this weekend. They play, they play New Jersey and then they play the Islanders. They're not winning those games. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And that's what's so messed about the up about their season. They just went and beat, you know, New Jersey and the Islanders. And it was just massive, massive. They've put themselves back in a position to be competitive. They win in Montreal. They've got a couple days before they, they reach the, the Rangers. Like they are in one. And I think this is what Kevin Adams wants more than anything is for this team to feel uncomfortable, to feel the the anxieties of coming to the rink knowing that you have to win this game yes well they've had enough disappointment but it's going to be i mean the the disappointment of getting that close because before it's just kind of like oh fuck like we never even had a chance we're out in december yeah now december uh that's generous some years but they're saying man we were that close yep we were that close you know Tage Thompson, 89 points, 72 games, 100-point watch. How many players are going to get 100 points this year? Mm. Will Tage get 100 points? Question number one. Yes. He will. Going with it. Man, I want him to get 100. 10 games, 11 points he needs. What a season. Like, what? what That's not the question. I asked you if he's going to get 100 points. How many players are going to get 100 points? Okay. First of all, I I I want him to get... I want him to get more than anything, 50 snipes. Okay. And a hundred points. Like, I mean, come on, come on. Six points in his last 10 games, uh, two goals. Here's the other thing. At the end of the season, if they don't make the playoffs and the season's done, he scores 50 goals and has a hundred points. And and someone comes up to him. One of the media members comes up to him and say, uh, "Hey, uh, Tage, is this uh, has this been a uh, has this been a good season?" What's he say? What's he say? Oh, I mean, he, oh, he what's, go he, number, he what's go he going to say? Ways. No, no, no. Just tell say, me no. What it's he's a complete say. disappointment. Doesn't matter what I do personally. If we don't make the playoffs, the season's a bust. There you go. I just wrote it for him. Do you think he? Do you think he's going to say that? Uh, I mean, he could add a spin to it. Yeah, I, personally, I had a great season. Um, but it wasn't. I didn't do enough. I think I could have done more down the stretch. Win a couple of those games. You know, he'll plus he'll put some of the onus on him, of course, naturally. Where a guy like me would have been like, "Fuck, I did my job, man." Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what else do you want from me? Right. I mean, you signed me to seven million. Can I fucking tear that up and ask for eleven five, like Pasternak got? Hundred <laughs> percent. Like that's that's what I'm thinking. I'd like to hear him say, but he won't say that. Like I might try and get the contact of uh, Tage Thompson to write his end of the year speech. 
Because if he comes out and, and and at one point in time basically says, "Ah, oh, you know, you know, it's just not enough," and uh, you know, no, Tage, Tage, let me tell you something, bud. You had your guy. You had your guy, buddy. <laughs> you had your guy, and uh, you know, a hundred points and possibly fifty goals. You did your freaking job. <laughs> and but but if he finishes at night, but it's a team sport, right? But, it's a team sport. But if they finish off, I'm sorry to say this. I, I hate to put a wrinkle in what you're saying, and I hope that happens. Fifty goals or not, I want him, I want him to hit hundred points. Okay, playoffs or not, I want. What's better? What would you rather him have? hundred points or fifty goals? If you had to have, if you had to choose goals. 55. We ask this question all the time in the locker room. What would you rather have? 50 goals, no assists, or no goals and 100 assists? I want 100 points. Uh, I don't know. No, I want 50 goals because, you know, they're all reviewed and they're all yours. Where the assists, it's kind of like, meh, you know, maybe it was tacked on at the, after, you know, there was an open spot and the guy in the score sheet was like, we need our guy to get 100. Kind of like they did to McDavid a few years ago. Um, when he had exactly 30 goals and 70 assists or 40 goals and 60 assists. You know where, you know where I, I hate to say this, but you know where he needs to pick up a little candy? Empty netters. Sabres. The, yes. The Sabres need. Well, they're losing games. To be winning. They need to be winning games to put Tage Thompson on for the next two minutes. And no one can shoot at the net except for Tage Thompson. And he, gets, that, the co- and he gets the cookie. Okay, he fine. gets the cookie. But, but let me ask you something. Um, he could be questioned in one area in the last, <laughs> since his hat trick against Tampa Bay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 games. Okay. He has one, two, three, four, five goals. I mean, is and, and down a stretch too, where there were some games where he was silent, and you needed him. You needed him to to. You needed that top line, and then Donnie Granado ends up shifting it around. So you know, I just look. I'm not. I'm not pinning anything on him. I'm just saying the narrative can be can go either which way. That's all I'm saying, and that's that's the difficulty about being a pro athlete because I agree with the way we're talking about it. Is you've done you've done your job regardless of how the fin- the season finishes. But in the next ten games, if he only has four or five points in the next ten games, it's not about the ninety four points for me or ninety three points, which is an unbelievable season and a contract that is very favorable to the team. It's about where were you? You were great in those games, like you know, in January, February, when the whole the whole league is is uh, fucking tired and you're seeing all the backup goalies, but now you're in crunch time, baby. Where are you? Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Just about the narrative. I'm not saying that it's just, that's just, you know, we can spend it. Yeah. I get that. All I know is he's, he's had one just, I mean, one hell of a season. So, so is Alex Stockley. Like we're sitting there and you overshadow, you know, all these other guys that are having just incredible, incredible seasons. Um, and, and I, and I, and I truly believe this when I say this, that, you know, guys like Rasmus Dahlin are still getting better, you know, Dylan cousins, Dylan cousins right now, when you sit there and you watch him play, he's nowhere near where he's going to be 
He's nowhere near where he's going to be when he's 25, 26. He's going to get stronger. He's going to understand the game that much better because of his maturity. And I mean, the ceiling for, for these guys, like Dylan Cousins had a really, really good season. Like think about, and, and this is no disrespect and it's going to sound disrespectful, but he's, he's literally played his entire season with Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka almost, which are two, two rookies in the league. So, you know, that, that line in general, holy job. I mean, you got, and talking his last, talking his last 10 games, six goals, three assists. I mean, that's, that's pretty, he's had himself a season. And I, and I take it all back. I take it all back. Alex Tuck, I said, would not be, I told, at the start of the year, I said he would not be in the top five in scoring on this team. And, uh, yeah. Kind of shoved that uh, down my throat. He had incredible, incredible career. But, man, would it be, would it be insane? Would it be insane to think that the Sabres could make the playoffs? After tonight's game, I'll tell you tomorrow. If you can beat yes. New Jersey and the Islanders in back-to-back games on a Friday, Saturday night, and you lose to Montreal, you you don't deserve to make the playoffs. I'm sorry, you don't. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.